we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, CEOs, artists, musicians, uh, people in and out of um, you know the box. Like that, you guys really go way, way, way far outside of doing things normal. We don't believe in normal here. Uh, we never believe in normal here, and the main reason is because everybody's on their own path. And I preach this all the time. Um, maybe you're looked at a little bit odd, or maybe you're looked at weird for wanting to do your own thing and figure it out and drive your own lane. Um, you're very much welcome here. The space is constantly open here for you guys. Um, I would agree with you. My guests would agree with you. Um, it's really about doing anything that is close to, um, your heart and, uh, your passion, your drive. And every week I'm very grateful. I bring on guests to talk about like, what are they experiencing in real time as they're building on their first venture, their 50th venture, maybe leading something within a company, uh, you know, their passion, um, they're driving their lane and figuring it out. And the real reason being that this show exists is because media tends to glamorize and glorify this kind of end success concept. And I always say that success is a very arbitrary thing because who defines what success is? You do. But unfortunately, a lot of times we're maybe guided a little bit by society showing a different level of success based on metrics and titles and all these other things. And really it's about your relationship with yourself. And we really, really focus on that. Um, so for all of those that have been listening since day one, I appreciate, I love you guys. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews for all of the newer people. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Matt Gosman. It's nice to meet you guys as the audience would tell you, as the community would tell you, you can reach out to me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram at HDF Magazine on Instagram, if you want to jump into the intersection of creativity, culture, and entrepreneurship, at Hustle Sold Separately, if you want to follow along there. And, uh, it, you know, please leave me feedback. I've been answering every single reply, text, DM, post on my wall for the last six, seven years. That's how you build community. It's a lot of work, but um, I appreciate every one of you guys. And it's a community, and we're all in this together. And so this week, I've got another uh, amazing guest who's also a lifelong friend. I like when I can bring people I'm close with or grew up with onto the show um, who are doing really amazing things uh, in life and that can probably not only help you know, me in a multitude of ways, but also really the audience because we talk about a lot of great topics that um, you know, I think sometimes get overlooked in the process, right? And so uh, this week, we're gonna be talking about this theme of solving for time and solving for money. And really the issue is solving for time <laughs> because if we can solve for time, we're going to solve for money, energy, problems, um, you know, uh, flow, all of the things that um, solving for time does. Now, it sounds like a simple concept, right? How do you solve for time? All right, well, I'll just like, you know, pick a time to do some things and then that's that. And actually it goes a lot deeper than that because we have to be very self-aware we have to know what we're doing with our time. We have to know what time of day are we most productive? Do we have help? Are we alone? Are we with somebody else? Do we have a family? What are all the variables? 
um, how many things am I managing? What happens if I multitask and I pull myself off of one thing and put myself onto another thing? Did I just lose efficiency? Probably, um, you know, unless I have mechanisms in place to take care of things. What do we automate? What do we not automate? Um, there's a lot of variables that go into solving for time. And I'm going to tell you because it's something that I got really passionate with starting about a year and a half ago. And it's a journey because it is a forever tweaking, a forever observing, a forever, you know, correcting process to optimize the world that you are creating. And that is why it is not necessarily simple, but it will help create simplicity in our life. <laughs> so you're following along. And I have the perfect person to be talking about this because of her extensive, extensive background. Um, and because she's also got a business around this as well as countless other um, things going on, and uh, she's doing it. So I've got Melissa Leone. Uh, we grew up together. I've known her since uh, 14, 15 years old, something like that. She's a business owner, a writer, a speaker, corporate executive, youth and business philanthropist, wife, and a mother of three. So I don't want to hear any effing excuses. I can't even believe I just like bleeped my own self. I don't want to hear any fucking excuses from anybody out there that, um, you know, but I have this and I have that. This woman has uh, a, a, a high corporate job. She is a mother, a dedicated mother to three, and a dedicated wife, and doing a million different things. So um, she's a finance accounting executive. She's got more than 20 years of experience driving sustainable business growth, optimizing business strategy processes. She's worked across a multitude of industries and internationally. She's passionate about building high-performing teams, leadership, and maximizing every opportunity. She has broad-based expertise, including strategic planning, project management, process evaluation, contract negotiation, and business transformation. In other words, from start to finish, she can see how to execute something and make it very efficient. Are you following? <laughs> so she's an executive in global business solutions at IBM. She spent 16 years at Four Seasons Hotels and seven years at Wells Fargo Bank, has a BS in hotel and restaurant management and an MBA in a project management professional certification. She's the co-owner of Two Cents Consulting, LLC, where small business owners make sense of their time and money. She, as I mentioned, is a wife and mother of three and an aspiring author specializing in helping parents talk to their children about money management. I would highly recommend following her now, and we'll talk about how you can get in touch with her after the show, but how's it going, Melissa? So good. <laughs> so, so good. Thank you. I appreciate you being on, especially since uh, you're one of my oldest friends. It's crazy. You said we've known each other since we were 14, and then you said I've been in business for 20 years, and <laughs> I thought, wow, we're old, Matt. Are yeah, we getting we're, there, aren't we're, we? We're young old. <laughs> we're, at that, we're that interesting age where it's like a young old, where yeah. we're still young, but we're old. <laughs> so, I, I have never enjoyed life more than I'm enjoying it right now. It is top of my game. That's the part that I wish more people understood. Yeah. Um, it, it gets better and better, but like, I like it more and more. I'm enjoying, I'm 41. I'm enjoying my forties a lot. I like, think every year I have thought that too, you know, Oh, this is the best it's ever been. And I can't wait to hear what next year, see what next year is going to be like, because every year seems to be better and better. And I, I just keep looking forward to that. I wonder, and then I want to jump into the first question, but I, I wonder if it's, um, because as you get more present, with yourself and trying to understand the game and play it better with a better approach mm -hmm. is that what makes it better? Because there's a lot of people out there that would probably also argue the opposite. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the <laughs> who listen, listen to us too and being like, what the hell are you two drinking? You know? Yeah. Uh, 
so do you think it you know has something to do with that I, you know people call me super mom a lot yeah i get it a lot yeah especially when you start reading my bio like that the way that it sounds i sound like a knucklehead um <laughs> or a workaholic or a super mom right, maybe right. i don't know but i don't i'm not lucky right. i don't have superpowers right. i work my ass off right. all the time and you know, it's it's like you and I were talking about before. It's you find something that works, and then when it doesn't, you tweak it. And when right. then it doesn't work again, you tweak it again, or right. you get rid of it, or you automate it. And I think that's why I can say with complete honesty that I've never been in a better position than I've right. been right now. And I think if you ask me in twelve months, I'll say the same thing. Yeah, it's intentional work. Absolutely. And everybody thinks that so because I know you there's also the glorification of the super moms on reality TV and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, first of all, <laughs> they're just hiring out for everything. Let's not yeah. let's not yeah. and, and hiring is fine, but I'm saying they're you're actually move, tweak, move, tweak, move, tweak, yep. which is really the the essence of anything. And it's I always tell people who are like, Well, I want to try to solve all these things. I'm like, nothing's perfect. Your goal is like you move, get a signal, left, yep. right, up, down, move. Get yep. a signal, left, right, up, down. Like you just have to figure, it's like a puzzle it and that's the process. Is. So. Yeah, it absolutely is. So I've known you for a very long time, but for the rest of the world, the entire world and every <laughs> country that is listening to you right now, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, but like what, um, how do we get here? Because uh, I know you've got this extensive corporate background and, that, and you're still doing it in the corporate world and yeah. you're building Two Cents Consulting mm -hmm. and all these other things. But like, how did th that passions have to sometimes they're they may be there but they have to be cultivated and then how do we get here like how did you get to this state of being this place where people who are listening to you be like damn like she's feeling really good like how did she how did you get here um my mother is yeah. the easy answer and i hope she hears this and it makes her smile um my mother was a elementary school teacher turned police officer turned fraud investigator also the first woman in her immediate family to have a career, right? Most women in, in that generation or her prior generation were homemakers, which is, is, is a huge job in and of itself. But to have a career on top of also raising a family, I'm the oldest of three. I had an incredible role model. So I give her credit every opportunity that I have. Um, when I was a teenager, probably 14 or 15, I called her an efficiency bitch one time <laughs> um, through... Uh, I was not trying to be kind about it either. Yeah. I was in my teenage years, but <laughs> we still call each other efficiency bitch out of total love and right. admiration. And um, I learned from the best on how to be efficient and get things done. So as you mentioned, I have three kids now. They're five, seven, and nine. Mm. Um, and that's just part of my life, right? And and I've I look back to her all the time and say, help me solve this problem. Help me make it better. Help me make it faster. Um, I think the other way I got here, Matt, was... My mother was a banker for a, the, la the latter part of her career, and I joined Wells Fargo Bank at 16 years old. It was the very first job I ever had, um, and that wasn't enough for me. I had to also work at Foot Locker, you'll remember. I do. I do. <laughs> and I had both jobs at 16 years old for no reason. I didn't need to work. I didn't need a paycheck, but I wanted to work, and so I did, and I, I kept that. I was at Foot Locker for like a year. It was great. I've met a lot of boys, but <laughs> it was not, um, it was not a, a, a passion of mine. The bank, however, turned into a lifelong thing for me. You know, 16 years old, talking to people about home equity lines of credit and balancing a vault and going through bomb threats and bank robberies and very adult things at a 16, in a 16-year-old body, I became very comfortable very quickly with 
managing people and managing money and talking about money. I mean, I was around, I don't even remember how much money's in the vault, but let's say $50,000 in cash at 16. It was right in front of my face. I was touching it, handling it, dealing mm. with it. So that concept of money is taboo was never in, in my, in my um, reality, right? Um, so I guess that is a big part of it. I have always been a leader. It's always been in me. I was um, Pi Beta Fra Pi Beta Phi class president. I was, you know, a Girl Scout troop leader. I was a PTO president. I mean, these are all things that I just naturally gravitate towards. They're like, who wants to be the leader? And somehow my hand goes up almost every single time. So definitely just part of, of my um, DNA, I think, you know, to to want to do those things. I had some stumbles along the way for sure um, my freshman year of college I went to Northern Arizona University and I had way too much fun <laughs> uh, got put on academic probation and, and went back to community college in Tucson for a year um, and then I decided I wanted to run a bar that was what I wanted to have I had so much fun in them that I wanted to run and manage one so I went to hotel restaurant management school and got my bachelor's degree in that which was a fantastic um a fantastic degree program. It was a business degree with some emphasis around hospitality. And from there, I joined a small resort in Sedona, Arizona for a year called The Enchantment, which was an incredible opportunity. They hired me on as a manager in training, which meant we don't know what we're going to do with her yet, but let's, <laughs> let's see how this goes. Um, I was a housekeeping manager for a couple months. That wasn't my thing although my Spanish got really good. So that, that was much better. I, I did enjoy that piece. And then I was a room service manager. That was not good for me either. Um, <laughs> and, and I was really about ready to quit. And this man, he was the corporate controller. His name was Brian. He came to me and said, you know, you're really good at payroll. When mm. it's time for payroll, you balance all the gratuities and you get everybody's money organized and ready to go for the room service guys. Do you want to try accounting? And I remember thinking, hell no, I don't want to try accounting. Right. I went to school to run a bar. I do not want to work in accounting. And he said, just try it for a week. If this doesn't work out, we'll try the front desk. Okay. So I did it one day. Mm. One day, Matt. And I was like, this is it. Mm. I love this. So uh, six months later, I was being recruited by Four Seasons Hotels. So I started working at Four Seasons Scottsdale in January of 2005. And I had a phenomenal career with them. Um, I was never in the same position longer than 18 months. I was promoted very quickly throughout that organization. I got to move to Maui for two years, um, not quite two years, almost two years. Was in Miami during the 2007 to 2009 recession where I learned. <laughs> I don't think I ever had learning like I did in those two years. Um, got married while we were living there. Moved to Southern California with Four Seasons again. Then moved back to Scottsdale. I did all of that in each individual property and then had this incredible opportunity to go to corporate. And corporate is a Toronto, Ontario, um, but I was able to stay living at home in Arizona and worked from home for seven years. And while that sounds like a no, not a big deal right now, um, nobody was doing it seven years right. ago. It, right. was, it was not something that many people did was work from home, uh, video, Calls were not a thing. Zoom was not as big. You know, COVID right. made Zoom everything, but it was not that big of a deal back then. Um, it was almost a secret at Four Seasons that I was working from home. No one was supposed to know that I was working from home <laughs> because I think there was this stigma that I wasn't going to get anything done. Right. 
And that really started to change my behavior because while I was working at home, I could get more done mm -hmm. in a 10 hour workday than mm -hmm. I could in a week in the yep. office. And it really started to change my behavior as a mother. It started to change my behavior as a wife. It started to change my behavior at work. Um, and so I did that corporate job and my, my role at the corporate office was to outsource accounting. So we had on-site accounting at every property around the world and my job was to offshore it. Um, so I was up against multiple different challenges. One, uh, we've always done it this way, right? Right, right. Um, one about offshore. So the concept of taking, pick the country's jobs and moving it to another country. We happen to use India, China, and Poland as our delivery centers. So I was up against that stigma. And then also just change in general, right? I always used to use the analogy of, guys, I'm, I'm building you a bridge that's going to save you 30 minutes a day in commute time. You're just mad at the construction right now. The bridge right. will be awesome. Right. You're just frustrated <laughs> with the construction. Um, <laughs> so that was good. my constant my constant pitch to them. Um, so that was just, I learned so much about people and about change and about myself. Um, I got my project management certification during that period of time, which I, I would say my project management certification is more valuable to me than my MBA is. I learned more about how to manage projects and how to relook at things through that through that learning. Not surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and not to devalue my MBA, I, I, I learned a lot too. there too. But it it's really turned me into who I've become. Specialized. Today. It was way more specialized. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then Two Cents Consulting started. You know, I've been dabbling in helping friends, companies for a while right. with their accounting. When you're when you I'm not a CPA, but I'm a bookkeeper. I'm a director of finance, but bookkeeper is what a lot of people hear when they hear accounting. Mm -hmm. um, so people were asking me to do their books. Sure, I'll do your books for you. No big deal. And to be honest, I enjoyed it. It was kind of my um, robotic way of getting things done and, and relaxing. So I was doing that for quite some time. And then I started cooking up this idea that I wanted to do fractional CFO work and or fractional director of finance work. You know, for a company who's small to mid-sized, can't afford a full-time CFO, can't afford the time to work with a full-time CFO um, and offer multiple, multiple companies assistance at the same time. So this, this concept came forward. Um, my best friend, Kara, who you know, helped me coin the, the name for it. Um, so that's all been kind of just organically growing over the last year or two. Mm -hmm. um, I made it official in February, got the LLC set up on, in Arizona, and then COVID happened. <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh, I just had this idea that I wanted to get this business moving and then something so unforeseen happens, what's it going to do? And I just started offering free consultations to people mm -hmm. through COVID to help them get through the PPP programs and the EDIL, the government assistant loans that were out there for mm -hmm. small businesses. And my business just took off. It just, it was amazing how many people didn't know the basics of accounting yeah. um, and needed that help. So the business has just gone incredibly well. I have a partner, a 50-50 partner. Her name is Leanne and she's like, we're the opposite side of one coin. She's like absolutely everything you could ask for in a business partner. She lives in Maui. So we are very used to working uh, di different time zones and in literally an ocean apart. So it's a, 
it's been really fun and really exciting. And then, man, I just keep going, right? It's like, and then, and then, and then. Right. Well, it's not, it's not ever going to stop. <laughs> it doesn't ever stop. That's exactly right. Um, so then through the middle of the summer, I decided that I needed a change from Four Seasons. And don't get me wrong. I love that organization. They mm -hmm. raised me. I, I have nothing but incredibly kind things to say about all of the people that I worked with there. But I was... Time for change. It was time for a change. And I think COVID showed me that because mm -hmm. the luxury hospitality market was kind of stuck. And they mm -hmm. are still stuck mm -hmm. while we're waiting for this to pass. And I had this opportunity come up at IBM. And so IBM asked me to manage, my title there is project executive. So I manage large scale accounts outsource from the provider side. And so now I'm working with two huge companies um, very well-known brands that I can't say, but but very cool opportunity to have this other this other leg of exposure, right? Mm -hmm. And so I took it. It was really scary. Um, I had a lot of anxiety about leaving something I was so comfortable with. Right. I knew everybody within Four Seasons. They everybody knew me. You know, the CEO literally knows my middle name. So right, right. it's really intimidating to go outside into an organization like IBM of half a million people and know nobody. Mm. Um, three months later, I'm loving it, but I have not shaken hands with another IBMer. Right, right. I, it's all virtual. Everything is. So I have to build relationships over Zoom calls and yeah. over the phone. and Which um, you were already prepared for because exactly. you had been doing it for so long from it, home. And it just... It, Connecting the dots. It totally fit. And right. it's been a good fit. And my Two Cents consulting business has continued to grow. Um and people are always like, how do you do all of that? How do you have this giant IBM career and then two cents is growing and then you have your kids and have your husband and have all these things. And um, that's where I get super mom a lot. And it's like, well, I still have time to sleep. I sleep eight hours a night. I, I put mm. my health as a priority to, my, to me. You know, there's definitely ways to, to get around it. You just have to look for solutions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There you go. <laughs> well, Teed it right up for you, didn't I? I you did. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for the segment. I actually have cards she's looking at right now in the studio. Um, I Well, first of all, it was cool to hear parts of the journey that I hadn't been able to um, know about, although I feel like I've kept up with most of it. Um, and there were a couple of things in there that I thought were really interesting, which was um, going all the way back to your mom and that time frame of you being like, help me solve this problem, help me get this figured out kind of a mentality. I call it humility. A lot of people overlook, and I said this on the live last night, it's a superpower because you can get from point A to B to C to D to D to F like much faster when you just put down your ego and ask for help. Mm -hmm. And you're in an area where like, and, I, and a very specific area, it's true. Money can also be very personal. Mm -hmm. I'm at a stage right now where like things are growing. I had, I had to pay off a lot of debt and feel like almost like a new starting point again about a year ago mm -hmm. and then like do some new things and then like now and it's like it's a lot of responsibility to understand your relationship with it and then to have that with somebody else look at it also requires a lot of like letting go of an ego absolutely i can only imagine what you deal with, with people like uh, like on a basis because they feel naked and exposed like this is where i'm really at 100%. Like, you know and i have no i don't have a problem with the transparency of like because it's funny how the outside world can look at you and be like you've got everything you do this and you're like i'm figuring this shit out mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. i don't know what you're talking about you know because i'm, I'm also choosing to, to own each step yeah. versus a lot of people who like sometimes on on social whether they're people who don't have it in their 
creating this image or people who just came from those backgrounds that are like, and I actually heard this interesting on the psychology of money with Morgan Housel this morning, like, uh, and other places like making it look like they, you know, anyways, mm -hmm. so because they just came from it. Right. So there's a lot of that, that people are doing with, um, the fact that, um, managing people, managing money early on, like that got you into a mindset that allowed you to really have a, an adult-like relationship and approach with it. Yeah. Right? I've never been ashamed of talking about money, ever. Right. I mean, right. if somebody asks me how much money I make, I have no problem talking about it because right. it's it's just a point in time. Right. It has nothing to do with my value or my knowledge or Absolutely. my worth. I could lose my job right now. I could lose all my money right now. I, it has nothing to do with right. anything other than this snapshot moment in time of what I have. But we're not raised that way. At least most people are not raised that way. Culture media society does not teach us that it's safe to talk about money, which is actually the premise of the book that I'm writing. If, if you, and the best part is if you talk like that to any client, uh -huh. they'll instantly feel safe in your space to be like, help me. Yeah. And that right there is so important because what happens with a lot of people, it could be very like, all right, where are you at? What are you doing? Uh huh. Like, why'd you do it this way? Why'd mm -hmm. you that? You know, and people feel like naked and exposed. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was making it up as I went. Like money came in. I was kind of living off of that and doing that. Like there's a lot, like a yeah. lot, a lot of different, you know, especially in different stages of the business. Um, so yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And then, um, you know, uh, you brought up about doing more at, uh, you got more done at home than at the office. Yeah. Less distractions. Yeah. I also had to learn, because I've been working at home for about 10 plus years, um, I also had to learn that <laughs> how we, like, yeah, I can go 10, 11 hours deep at home, but <laughs> I also have to be responsible with that too. And like, is that as healthy? And, right. and so like, because some of us at home can do more in two days than like people um, at jobs in the corporate world do in like four weeks. Yep. I'm like, in, I did it in two days, but you're like, and, and I get it because it's also a whole other game that they're a lot of times playing. They have to spread it out and yeah. keep their, you know, it's a whole other mindset. And so you learn a lot about yourself working from home as the rest of the world is probably learning right now as well. You know, I was traveling a ridiculous amount um, prior to March of this year. Right. I did about 250,000 airline miles last year. And oh. in January this year, I was in Greece and England. And then in February, I was in Toronto. So I... I was tra I was supposed to be in India in March, and then COVID happened. Um, so I, I was on an airplane in an airport a lot, and I got very good at being efficient while I was home so that I could be away for five days, and my husband wouldn't have to manage all of the things. So I was always looking forward multiple days at a time in order to get things done and try to maintain a household and maintain a relationship and maintain a children's school schedules while doing all of that, right? Um, I'm very involved in my school, my children's academics. All three of my children are very good students, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen automatically. I have to sit next to them and help them. My fourth grader and I spend a lot of time together organizing her notebook, organizing her backpack. That stuff isn't something that just comes to people. You have to, I mean, maybe some people are lucky, but you have to learn that skill. And I work really hard at making sure that I'm, I'm actively involved in that. And when you travel as much as 250,000 airline miles in one year, it's, and a lot of those were long hauls, you know, um, I'd be gone for eight days, but really only spend two days or three days in India because it's such a long trip. Um, and I've been doing that for seven years, that travel. Yeah. So not 250 was the most I ever did. It was usually around hundred to 150. I just had a lot of long hauls last year, mm. but there's something to 
when you don't have a lot of time to mess around, you stop yes. messing around. That. <laughs> so that, that right there, which is also a really good segue because when we solve for, when we start understanding, mm -hmm. that's what really happened. It was about 2018 going to 2019. It was before my father passed and I was, you know, I was 39 about to turn 40. I'm like, listen and to myself. I'm like, I'm not, I need to change my approach. Mm -hmm. I'm not managing my time. Well, that's a very big deal. And we find a, a lot more time when we, for, when we audit it and understand it better. And, um, once we start really managing it, mm -hmm. we get very fucking honest mm -hmm. with a lot of people very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like I'll even be in like potential client meetings. And if like, there's just too much going on past a certain point, I'm like, what can I do for you? Yeah. I finally am channeling my father like yeah. through me. And I'm like, now I F and get him. Like, mm -hmm. he, like he'd be like, sir. All right, fine. What can I do for you? What mm -hmm. do you need? Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting new side of me, but it's also because it's, I'm playing to efficiency, honesty, and let's get to the point yeah. because I'm trying to help you and I don't have time if I'm managing it properly yeah. to do this whole, like, I'm going to try to convince you on this on that. I'm like, you called me. What, what can I do for you? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it also makes you very honest with everybody else in your life and prioritizing. Mm -hmm. So in your case, it's family. In my case, it might be like some loved ones and, you know, um, and uh, extended family, whatever it might yeah. be. And then like, you know, other passions and health. And, but that's other, our hobbies, our health, our yeah. time for like your reading, meditation, like all the things that make you healthy you become so dedicated to these priorities that it makes you honest. I learned a really hard lesson about two years ago. Um, I've always been high strung. I've always been a taskmaster. I've always been busy. It's always been who I am. Um, but I have not always taken care of myself. Mm. And about like two years ago, I hit bottom health wise. I mean, you could look at me from the outside and be like, she's fine. She's healthy. Like, no big deal. But I was unhappy on the inside. I didn't, I was like that skinny fat, right? I mean, I've never been overweight, but my body was not running well. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I literally, my husband and I would talk about, you need to get a hobby. And I'm like, for what? I right. have all these other, I'm PTO president and I do right, all this right. other stuff. I do the same thing. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that, you know? Um, and it was like, no, Melissa, you need to play. And so I started, it was not a fast process, like at well, all. Oh, no, 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 no. I had to really go through some trial and error and figure out things to get myself healthy. I had to figure out some nutrition. I had to figure out some um, health, some exercise. I had to figure out some other health areas. But once I really started to give myself the opportunity to figure out what play was, I found it. Right. Yeah. You know what it is? It's so silly. It's camping. <laughs> like who the hell knew that I was a camper? <laughs> Definitely I didn't know. We had this opportunity to go camping. My husband's a, a bow hunter, right? Mm -hmm. Like he loves the outdoors. That's all he wants to do. He's also a golf professional. It's like the so, second time in two days I hear bow hunters. Really? For, like for husbands. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's his thing. So <laughs> um, I feel like I'm going to have to go on a trip with these guys. I know. <laughs> you need to. It's, it's really intimidating. Um but he loves this stuff and mm. he, he always wants to go do it, but I never wanted to be part of it. So anyway, we had this opportunity to go camping. So we rented a trailer. You mm. can do this. Apparently you can rent travel trailers. And we took the kids and we stayed in, um, Williams, like by the grand mm. Canyon for three or four nights. And it was such a release mm -hmm. yeah. to be unconnected and to just be outside. So about a month later we went and bought one. 
So we own a travel trailer now, and we go out once a month at least in the trailer. You brought up a really good point about play, and it's a letting go process mm, because so we couldn't possibly think that if I go do things other than these quote unquote responsibilities yeah. of work, that it would actually A, get me healthier, B, get me actually more efficient and optimized. Yeah. Like it's a hard, it is a letting go. I, I used to hate when people would ask for like hobbies or like, I think it was a couple of years ago, you know, like I would, I tried the like online dating for like a week uh -huh. on one of the apps. And it's crazy when you can't really put as many things, right? Yeah. Now I don't need it, but it's like, it was just kind of funny how, um, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, I have a lot of hobbies. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. You know, it's like, I enjoy this, 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 this. You know, I was having a conversation yeah. with somebody. I was like, all these things. I'm like, huh. I'm like, I can answer it. I can answer it. And I was stuck for a long time not being able to answer it because yeah. of, you know. Well, I think if anybody had asked either one of us that question five years ago, 10 years ago, neither one of us would be like, mm, we work. We, that's what we like to do. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But now I have a lot of things I can say. I, I picked up golfing too. What? That is right? not me. Well, but I, it is now. I think it's the progression of an executive though. <laughs> or, or an entrepreneur. Or, or living a, with a PGA member. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, <laughs> let's, let's just bypass all that other stuff Matt said because you do live with... <laughs> but we've been together 16 or 17 years and right. I just started golfing two years ago. Wow. You know, I, I... And I guess this is the thing. Like I was actively pushing away play. I was mm. actively telling myself, you don't have time for that. And meanwhile, the two things that I have found play in are the two things that my husband has loved for years. And, Interesting. And I had no interest in even touching it. And then when I let myself let go a little bit, it was like, oh, I actually want to do this stuff. <laughs> Is this a shit that's been in front of me the whole time yeah. and I couldn't see it? Yes. Everybody, welcome to your life. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> Melissa, you're stupid. But... <laughs> But I feel great about it now where I can actually admit that I like to play. And I, that's not an easy one for me. Like, I really feel like that's a big thing for me to say that I enjoy that. You know, I think high drive people, that's, that's because it takes time. For sure. So, um, and also a lot of what you were saying with play really came in what it sounded like was, well, because you're giving a lot more self-love. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I want to learn about my body. Yep. I want to learn about what I eat. Yeah. I want to learn about, you know, hobbies, like all this stuff. Interesting how it really is as cliche as it sounds, though. But like it really is once we start loving ourselves. Oh, how much more expansive the rest of our world actually becomes. Totally. And I found working constantly was starting to create an upstream um, like when I can't call it flow, but it was like an upstream battle in a way. And I was like, I'm not flowing. There's something wrong. Mm -hmm. I have to assess my approaches. And, you know, yep. here, you know, uh, one of the things we, I wanted to talk to you about was like kind of, th there's a myth of multitasking. Now, mm -hmm. I read in The One Thing by Gary yeah. Keller. I read right? this, yeah. Um, and he had all the cool scientific data about um, what happens with multitasking. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, more often than not, and correct me if I'm wrong, but more often than not, um, women are better at it and they do it more. But the whole idea of multitasking in general, is a little like it, it is a little dangerous mm -hmm. because what happens is we do something when we come off of that thing there's a downhill of like le like first you're going down and moving away from you know the mindset and the energy that was on it mm -hmm. then it'll flatline for a while while you go do something else obviously yep. and then in order to get back into the mindset of the thing that you were doing 
takes a little bit of a prep time. So now the line goes back up, you know, on a, like a trajectory of yep. like getting yourself prepared, the yep. energy and like just to get back to where you left off. Yep. And then that time in between where you stopped and where you started again, what did you do at that time? Right. And that scared the shit out of me. Yep. All day. <laughs> Literally scared the shit out of me. I'm like, now, if we move from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, mm -hmm. those gaps, mm -hmm. is that what you're solving for? Or how do you solve for that, I should say? Like, how do we as a human race solve for the Like, because I do believe that I get his point, but multitasking is still kind of part of this world we're living in. Um, and yeah. you're, you're managing multiple things. Yeah but you're present in each of them. So I guess how, what are some, what are some ways that salt for this? This yeah. I, and, and what are your thoughts on multitasking? I, I used to believe that I was really good at multitasking and I, right. you know, people would talk about being a multitasker and I thought, hell yeah, I got that. I can do that. Um, but what I did start to change in my own behavior when I started working from home seven years ago was I would, it's now called block scheduling. It's become very topical these days and it's like a buzzword, but I've right. been doing it for a really yes. long time. Um, I would say to myself, okay, Melissa, you're only doing this in the morning. You're gonna do IBM now in the middle of the day. You're gonna do two cents on the weekends. You're gonna do two cents after the kids go to bed. You're gonna do this. You're gonna spend time with your kids during this period because I can tell you, if you try to do work and your five-year-old's trying to show you his artwork, you're going to get frustrated that you're being interrupted and you're going to tell your five-year-old you don't care about their artwork. And what's that going to have impact on them in the future? Now, I say all that while I also tell you that my children are online schooling right now and I get interrupted about five million times a day. Um, and that's really difficult because I do sometimes be like, that's fine, buddy, but mom's on the phone. Get out, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but typically in a normal world, I, I block myself an hour in the morning I, and I tell people this all the time, an hour before your first responsibility. So an hour before your first phone call, an hour before your kids get up, an hour before your dog needs to go out, an hour before anything that somebody else, some other creature on this planet needs you for, get up. I don't care if it's two in the morning, get up and do something. And I try to do 30 minutes of exercise. I try to um, read. I try to spend a little bit of time alone and just kind of get myself grounded. If my kids wake me up, I think Rachel Hollis said this. I could totally be butchering it, but I think she said something like, if your kids wake you up, you already lost. And I could not agree with that more. Um, if my kids wake me up, I am not the same person throughout the rest of the day. So I always really encourage people to do that. I call it my power hour. I don't know what other people call it, but that's my... That's my favorite time of day. Then I focus on the kids next because my kids have to get out the door in a normal day to get out for school at seven o'clock. So I'm gonna focus just on them. I'm not gonna book any meetings. I'm not gonna do anything I have to, else I have to do right then. Now listen, sometimes stuff happens and sometimes I have a client that needs to talk to me at 7.05. My husband's there and he and I can have that conversation every day if something needs to go on. Another, sometimes I have to say no to that client. Like, I got to get my kids out the door. If I try to do two things at the same time, I'm probably going to snap at my kids. Um, and then I move into the next thing. And it's not like task organizing, but like I highlight on my paper planner in red if I'm going to be working for IBM during that block. And I shove every IBM meeting into that piece. It doesn't replace my phone. Believe me, I've got a ton of stuff in my phone, also color coordinated. Um, 
but it's a big piece of what helps me get through the day. So say I have a meeting that cancels for IBM. I just replace that with another task for IBM so I can stay mm. in that mindset. And then if I have time blocked out for two cents work and a client no shows on a meeting, I fill it with other two cents work. Um, my kid's softball game, say the softball game gets canceled. I fill it with other kid related stuff. So it's blocking my brain in order to not have to shift gears completely. Um, it's like a downshift from fourth to third worth versus fifth to first. Right. So I, um, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how many of my kids do you want to take? <laughs> uh, none. Oh. Um, no, no, no. I, I'll, um, uh, here's my thinking. Um, and I'll tell you why I said that I block, but I sometimes am negotiating my discernment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And during that, so I've got my iCal here, which yep. loops in my Google calendars, all yep. my calendars and, I, and my phone. Yeah. I know what I'm supposed to be doing during that time. Mm -hmm. A, I'm not being my word when if I'm all caught up, I'll move to something outside of that thing into something else. So mm -hmm. I'm also moving energies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. B, um, I might throw in something extra. I'm like, oh, because I just got an extra time. Right. Right. Yep. That shouldn't even be related. Yep. Not not like within that. Like, it's fine if it's related to that thing. Yeah. Um, I'm getting better because yep. like I'll say like, oh, these type of people, if they get scheduled, it's for these hours of the day because these hours are dedicated to those type of people or those type of clients or yeah. those, you know, all these things. So, um, so I, man, when do you find, when do you realize it in the moment or does it take you like a day or two to realize that you did that? I'm no, I'm, I'm very much aware of it in the moment. Now I'm that person uh -huh. that like, once they actually recognize the problem, but they're still doing it. Yeah. You still do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm oh, by the way, way better right. than I've ever been. Yeah. Far from where, far from where I'm going, yeah. which is going to lead me to a question in a minute. But I wanted to say that. I've tried to pitch to people over and over and over again about the power hour. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and by the way, it's interesting when I talk to busy people, I got a few people that I need you to give some phone calls to who are the parents yep. who are bringing up the whole, well, I don't have that kind of time. I'm like, bullshit. You yep. don't, yep. you just don't make you a priority yep. and you could do all these other things. But I think that getting up five, five thirty is amazing. Anytime I move off the ball, I notice it all the time. Me too. I have to do it. Yep. And, you know, and I'm showing myself grace for the times I don't. And that's also because, oh, how am I managing my time that day? That yep. why did I go to sleep at 11 at night instead of like 930 like I normally would? Yep. You know, so. Um, well, there's going to be times where you can't. But look, even right. on the weekends, I get up at 530. Right. I don't give myself, oh, it's Saturday. I'm going to sleep in. Like I've trained myself. Right. To right. do that. And it took a lot of work to get there. I'm not going to undo it at yeah. all. I mean, it's it's. um. It's a game changer for sure. I anybody who has a busy schedule needs time alone to think and to process. And you you can't do that when you have multiple things coming at you. Literally, the moment my kids wake up till the moment I fall asleep, there is something happening. I don't right. watch TV. I don't get to do any of that stuff. So it's you don't want to anyways. <laughs> go 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 in somebody else's priority. That hour in the morning is mine. Right. Told my husband, if you wake up, don't talk to me. <laughs> right. There you go. It's my hour. Right. It's mine. Right. Yeah, and sometimes they wake up and my, the kids wake up and they mess it up. Right. And sometimes I don't get it and I feel it. Right. I feel it on those days. So the question then is for anybody that's listening, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are going to be like, that's great, Melissa. Like, that's cool, Matt. Like, I'm glad you're working on it. Like, I'm not naturally that way. And yeah. I want everybody to know I'm representing the people because I'm not naturally that way. Yeah, I'm just either. not. 
I'm just not. I'm I was person. not designed that way. Me either. I am envious of the people who were naturally designed that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not a victim here. I will never plead victimhood. Yeah. So I will learn it. And I've been learning it. But what do you tell people who are maybe a little bit just thinking about starting this path of like, how do I start thinking systematically or, yeah. or blocking time? Or like, how do, what, like, you know what? What I'm doing isn't working for me. Melissa, what, what's one of the first, or couple, like first couple things that I need to do just to at least to either A, get in the mindset because I need to change or B, to also like start making, taking a couple of like activities or actions that would like, you know. Yeah, there's a couple things I think. Um, a lot, like my husband is a night owl. He just is, is built that way. Um, and I would say to him, okay, if you need to get up at seven o'clock to, to get ready to go to work, then you need to get up at six. I need to get up at 4.30 or 5 in order to get that done. If, if you don't go to work till noon, get up at 11. Nobody says it has to be 4 a.m. It just has to be an right. hour before your responsibility. And I think sometimes people are intimidated mm-hmm. by the fact that power hour in the morning means before the sun gets up. Well, it does for me because of what the rest of my day looks like, but it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. Some people will tell me they're going to do it at night before they go to bed. And I, I'm not a fan. I just don't think you're your best when you're about ready to shut down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the other thing I'm a big believer in. I get eight to nine hours of sleep every day mm-hmm. and I'm non-negotiable with it. Mm-hmm. My husband will tell you, I, I turn into a pumpkin. I go to sleep. I'm out like a light. And it's a, it's a need. It's a necessity. Your body has to have it. Now, not everybody needs eight hours of sleep. Maybe mm-hmm. some adults need six hours of sleep, but your body needs uninterrupted ability to shut down and your brain cannot function at its highest ability when it's not rested. It's, it's just not physi- physiologically possible. People will train their bodies into managing it. Just like I've trained my body to get up early um, I'm not a morning person either. I used to be able to stay up right. late at night with the best of them, but I made a decision that that's what I needed in order to be better, and that's where I went with it. Um, so, you know, to get to the basic of it, figure out your sleep. Figure out your sleep. Figure out your sleep, and then I think the rest falls into place. If you can figure out how to get that power hour in and what time you need to go to bed and make that happen. Um, and then figure out what your sleep distractions are. Is it light? Is it noise? Are you on your phone? Is there like what? There's a billion things mm-hmm. it could be. Do you need more magnesium? I mean, gosh, there's like a billion things your sleep could be disruptive with. Um, you just Google it. There's like a million answers out there for it. How? So I like the first one is solve for sleep. Yeah. <laughs> for time. So everything that we're doing here is solving for time. So solve for sleep. Yeah. Which is how much do you need? What time do you need to go to bed? Mm-hmm. And how? Um, knowing when your responsibilities of the day start at least one hour before those responsibilities start. That's my thing. The other thing I'd say is automate. Um, Mm -hmm. What kind of things can you automate so that you don't have to think about them again? You know, you and I had this conversation, and I'm going to use the example. Matt has this giant gallon water bottle sitting in front of him, and it's (laughs) – I uh, I have an identical one, literally. It's pink and purple, mine, but Matt's is black and white. Um, But I have the exact same water bottle, and it's part of my automation. I, you know, we live in Arizona. It's hot. It's dry. I need a gallon of water a day to be at my best. But filling up my water bottle nine times a day is not efficient. So I carry around this giant water bottle. People ask me all the time where I got it. Um, And I fill it up once in the morning and that's it. It's an automation. It's Mm -hmm. a simple no-brainer. Don't ever think about it again. Um, 
It's a competition throughout the day because they've got like the times totally. on there that it says like yeah. 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m. You should be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like for the you got to check on the box, right? Um, but there's a lot of things like that in everybody's life. I think that you can find those things to automate. Now, some people take it a little bit too far and automate things and expect to never have to touch them again. And I would be cautious of automating too much. I'll give you another example of things I like to automate. I have about five Amazon Alexas in my house. Um, I have one for the kids. I mean, they're all connected, but there's one back where the kids are. There's one in our room. There's one in the kitchen. There's one in my office. And it's pre-programmed for things like kids at seven o'clock, get your backpack so that the Alexa can start the process of herding the cats out the door. Um, <laughs> it also has the, this is awesome. <laughs> it also has the reminder that it's time for bed. Go brush your teeth. It gets that initial things started so that I don't have to be watching the clock in order to do that. Um, I have a robot vacuum in my house. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I have two because kids, right. um, but things like that can really help make your life a lot simpler. Um, just anything like that, that I can set and forget. I like to, now I do that with my processes too, for work and for the kids and for, um, well, for both my jobs. But I'm also very aware that I need to constantly go back and revisit them. Yes. Because letting something be the way that it's always been is really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And after you let it be there for six months or a year or six years or 10 years, you forget that you need to go back and see if it's the most efficient way to do things. And I'm a master at redoing and redoing and redoing Um I just redid my pantry for like the eight, 80th time. But with three kids and a ton of food in the house, I need to be able to know where everything is or I'm going to buy another bag of whatever because I can't find it in my pantry. So I had to systemize things like that in order to save time and money at the grocery store. And, right. then, and it's all those little details of your life. It sounds really crazy to pay somebody to come organize your, your pantry, but that's what I did because I was wasting money and food and time going to the grocery store looking for honey as an example because i couldn't find the damn honey in the pantry of shit <laughs> life life is mastered in the details yeah and it sounds right. so crazy and so simple Doesn't, but that's the real sounds stuff. freeing right now <laughs> you know how do you, um this question i know is going to come up because i'm also thinking a lot for myself um part of well two things i learned about time um, one is um, the overwhelm when you start to think about all the things that you have to get done. Yeah, 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 yeah. That comes into play. So For how do you sure. deal with that? And the second thing that I learned is interesting about time was um, the longer we let something go, the bigger we build it up in our minds. Oh, yeah. And what's interesting is, is that you end up actually just tackling it right away. And the task took five seconds. Mm -hmm. I literally here in the studio, it was funny as a few years ago, one of the executive producers and I, we, and it's a perfect story is like, we were, <laughs> I go to the office. I'm like, Hey, I've been dreading this for weeks. I'm like, Hey, look, we also have to get everything up on Google play and do all this other stuff. You're like, oh, what's that process? He's like, you know what? Let's try to schedule some time on Wednesday. We'll sit down for like an hour or two and go over. I'm like, perfect. We're going back and forth, trying to schedule wasted 15 minutes there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking out the door and I turn around. I'm like, what is involved with putting it on the Google play? Like, what's the whole process? Like, you know, I don't even know. <laughs> he turns around, he Googles how to put uh, the, the feed into Google Play. Yeah. And he goes, wait a minute, hang on one second. Mm -hmm. He starts like moving around. He goes, let me just pull this here. Okay, send. It's He's done. like, I think we're good to go. And I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so I had waited months. We scheduled. Yep. 
And then I stopped myself to be like, wait a minute, what's involved? Yeah. And he took a look and in like two seconds, I'm like, did we, what? Yep. What just happened? Yep. I um, just finished reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, but one of the things that continuously stands out from that book is she said, dealing with the shoe is a lot easier than the anticipation of waiting for it to fall. Mm. And I keep hearing that in my head over and over and over again. Anytime there's something that's bothering me, I just need to go deal with the damn shoe versus waiting for it. And the shoe could be anything, right? Um, you just can't put stuff off. But here's the other thing. I am a planner and a planner and a planner oh, and a planner. God bless you. But what I am not is a perfectionist. I will be good enough in a lot of things that I do. And sometimes I have to do it twice because I didn't do it perfect the first time. And I'm okay with that because yeah. it gives me the opportunity to tweak it. Um, and I'd say just knowing to plan things out, expect things are going to fail. I mean, that's one of the things you learn project management certification is how are you going to crash the schedule? How mm. are you going to pull it apart and put it back together when things don't go the way that it's supposed to? You've inspired me. <laughs> uh, no, no, seriously. I, and I think it's time for me to do project management certification. It's so fun. I literally like I, you know, because I, it's, um, I am all about mastery of time, energy, money. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's rigorous. There's a lot of things that you have to memorize in order to just get it done. Right. But it's definitely worth it. And it's, it's all, it's global. I mean, the whole world uses this same PMBOK school of thought on how to get it done. Um, is that where you got it? As a, where, what did yeah, you? Project Management Institute, PMI. Got you. Um, PMBOK is the book. It's like the, the dictionary, if you gotcha. will, of, of the official rules that the world follows on this. But Because um, I feel like there's a lot of people who listen to us that are managers, that are, yeah, um, are service-based business owners, that are uh, entrepreneurs. And the, the premise of the, of the training, I mean, there's a lot to it, but it's like a four or five hour exam that you sit for. The first time I took it, I failed it. Second time I took it, I passed it. It's, it's rigorous and you have to know every little detail. But some of the key takeaways are planning is like 80% of a project. You right. have to plan and plan right. and plan and plan and plan for the fail and plan for the fail. And that, you, I mean, you have to be ready for that. And so that I am very good at planning. Um, what I wasn't always good at, and still I'm working on it, is if something doesn't happen in my plan, I don't like to pivot. It, I'm like, no, I plan for that. I, I want to keep going on the plan. Um, but I'm getting better at it. I think the kids kind of made me get better at it. Um, but the perfectionist piece, I am not. And I, I would say if, if you're a perfectionist and you're listening, try the plan and then plan what happens if you can't do it perfectly. And mm. when are you going to be okay with letting it be good enough? Yeah. Because you can waste a lot of time oh, yeah. Yeah. on making something perfect. I, and I'm the reverse. Uh, so I uh, got a lot to learn from you, but I think <laughs> that's where I think something like the uh, PMI is yeah, P, yeah. Yeah, uh, would really come into handy. And I, wanna, I want you to talk about more about that, but yeah. I can pivot like no other. Mm -hmm. And um, I, uh, I'm okay with imperfection constantly. I, I love the details. Mm -hmm. My work, like my work to the rest of the world is perfect. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff that I put out, I'm like, you know, but I'm okay with like, nope, iterate, 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 yeah. iterate, like put out, put out, put out, put out. Um, the content route and the, and the building stuff online route yeah. is what kind of got me to let go there mm -hmm. and be like, just launch it, just launch, just launch, just launch. And it actually made me better at like, oh, wow, I see like why so many startups fail is because yeah. they can't launch. They don't know how to launch. They're constantly waiting for perfect to launch. And I'm like, wow, like you have no clue how else you're going to figure out like what your clients need or this need, like launch it, launch it, launch it, launch it. Totally. But now I'm having a renaissance period <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of like going back and be like, 
how do I nurture these assets? Oh, I have to learn a lot more about um, planning yeah. and blocking and systemizing my own areas. Not the clients we got systemized to a T, yeah. um, but I never feel comfortable um, if I don't practice what I preach. So I'm constantly trying to optimize my own systems or keep putting me in more systems. Um, uh, uh, internal systems to external systems, both. You know? Yeah. One thing that I figured out through my first maternity leave um, in 2011, oh man, she's old, um, <laughs> was I, I had to go away for three months, right? And somebody else had to do my job. I was the assistant director of finance at the Four Seasons in Westlake Village. It was a big hotel. There was a lot going on. I had to make sure that when I walked out for three months, somebody else could get it done and nothing would fall apart. And that was probably my first exposure to making sure it was systemized and intuitive for somebody else. Mm. And I've continuously learned that lesson through my subsequent two pregnancies and through a lot of other things that, you know, I just left Four Seasons after 16 years. No one can call me and say, right. I, I suppose that they could, but they probably won't call me and say, hey, what did you do here five years ago? Lady who doesn't work here anymore. No right. one's going to do that. Um, so I have a lot of, pride in how I left things there are it's still running smoothly a friend of mine from from Four Seasons called me on the way here and he said things are going really well you know you left a great legacy that means more to me than gold that I left something systemized in a way yeah that the person that Succession. came behind me can make it he can improve it mm -hmm. and he's gonna kick ass at it but I left it in a stable state where somebody mm -hmm. else can do it. Um, so that's a big part for me too. A succession plan, you know, for like sure. what happens when you leave. And, and also in my opinion, it shows a lot of respect and character. Yeah. They're going to remember that. Yeah. You could go back to Four Seasons at any time and be like, Melissa, hey, listen, uh, we need an independent consultant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and I think, you know, it's a big mark of, did you do a good job? You know you did a good job if you can walk out and this doesn't fall. Right. Doesn't you left collapse. it better than where you found it. Yeah, for right? sure. So that's been a big, that's been a big lesson for me too. Um, so if, you know, and I can't believe it's been over an hour, actually, see how fast it goes. Wow, I know, yeah. I know. It always goes fast with everybody. Um, if you could leave a few, before we get into like how people can get a hold of you and all that stuff, yeah. like if you could leave like a few pieces of advice as to there's this overwhelm with, you know, we say like, just deal with the shoe. Yeah. There's sometimes our own personal resistance at first with dealing yeah. with the shoe. So some advice on like, hey, get out of your mind. Mm -hmm. And then the first, maybe some of the first things to just think about that can get people to start, you know, having a good relationship with this new level of responsibility. Yeah. Right? You know, one thing, <laughs> one thing that I think is really important to, to success of people is who they're around. Yeah. Um, you know, there's an old saying about like the, you're the average of the five people you're, you're around, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I've learned that lesson the hard way a couple times too. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to say you're still, you're still one of my people. But. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I've had to. I'm working on it on the same thing. Well, uh, and watch, by the way, not to interrupt you, but yeah. watching you and watching like my CPA friend, uh, mentor, watching like all these other people, I'm like, yeah. How do I do this? Right? <laughs> How well, do I do that? Like they constantly yourself. level you up. Mm -hmm. You they surround yourself with people who who do what you want to do well, and then you absorb it. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to be with them forever. But if you want to get better at organizing, you want to get better at planning. Hang out with planners. Hang out with organizers, and then mm. get that skill. Figure <laughs> it out. Um, learn through them, and and then keep moving. Um, 
So I'd say, you know, if you've got toxic relationships, that's like a different level of conversation, but I'd say definitely identify those and figure out how to manage um, having difficult conversations with people. You know, I, I have to have a difficult conversation with somebody at IBM later today, and I'm just going to have to go straight on and do it. And mm -hmm. hell yeah, I'm going to be uncomfortable. And you know, the first thing I'm going to say is this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation for both of us. Right. And Honesty. Totally. And it sets the stage for them to be like, okay. And I have to help with some counseling on some client communications. And I'm just going to say, look, I'm not going to keep thinking about this. We're just going to have this conversation. You can think about it. We can come talk about it next week again, but we need to have this conversation. So many people are afraid to have that uncomfortable conversation. Yep. They want to avoid conflict. They do. Which creates more conflict. It creates more conflict. That avoidance is so big. Um, so I'd say find somebody you can even um, role play with, even sometimes just having the role play, even if it's yourself in the mirror, it will help get that anxiety out about it. And maybe you'll decide, I don't actually need to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you'll decide, okay, this is how I'm going to approach the conversation. I do that a lot. I role play, you know, a difficult conversation with my husband or with my best friend, not a conversation with them. I don't role play those, but like a work one, they're my they're my other role player, yep. if you will, um, or my mom, you know, and then I go have the conversation and it kind of preps me mm. for it. Um, but I'd say that's a big part of getting ready for that next. OK, I'm going to I'm going to say to my husband, look, I'm going to be a badass planner and I'm going to go take on this business. This is what I need you to know I'm going to do. It's going to shift me for a little while. Here I go. And I guess that would be some advice that I would say is. If you have people in your world that you trust, you're going to say to them, I'm about to go through a change and I'm going to need you to help me if I fall. I'm going to need you to help me push me when I say I want to quit. I'm going to need you to help me do these other things. So um, I think that's my... I love it. Who do you want to hang out with? Who, what, which would you rather avoid, the problem or the solution? Who can you role play with and trust? Totally. Boom. Boom. Where can everybody find out about you? Oh my, all over the world. Um, <laughs> Careful. <laughs> TwoSensConsulting.com, S-E-N-S-E. -S -E. So not like two pennies, but like make sense, two mm -hmm. cents. And it's T-W-O. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, that's all the social media I do. And that's Melissa Leon, L-E-O-N. Yes. L-E-O-N. Um, well, you know, it's a journey-driven podcast. So luckily, we got our first one under the belt because now we can do them often, um, whether you want to do a few months from now, yeah. or half a year from now, a year from now. I feel like there's a lot to unpack. Um, I've, I've, not I've been noticing this a lot about my guests lately. Like, there's so many things here that it's like, we're going to do a four-part series. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back and talk to you about my book because I'm really excited to help People talk about money. And, you know, the book will be designed for parents, but I think it's applicable to anybody. When will that be launching? Well, I have a goal to finish it by April, by okay. my birthday. So, um, That's right. April, our birthday. Right? April our birthdays 19th. are two days apart. Three days apart? Yeah. Yeah, 19th. April 19th. Uh -huh. I'm April 22nd, if anyone is listening. <laughs> birthday gifts are welcome. My Venmo is. Send flowers, too. Um so that's my goal. I'll okay. be 40 in April. And so my goal is to have that completed. I'm going to need to find a publisher after that. But I, I have, like, I haven't even gone through the how to publish steps yet. I'll figure that out. Well, I'm going to figure it out once yeah. I get it written, right? Yeah. I mean, step one is write it down. Yeah. Um, I'm writing all my chapters. I have like 40 chapters already. 
It's crazy. I haven't written it. Like I just did all the chapters and yeah. I'm compartmentalizing them. I'm finally taking yeah. a step. I can't even avoid it at this point because everyone's like, write the damn book already. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, well, and you need people to push you on it too. So yeah. that's a, that's something that I'm really excited to do because it's going to be uncovering from a storytelling perspective how you get into money problems and how to get out of them, but mm. also how you get into money problems and how sometimes you don't get out of them. Right. And and going through that stuff um, so that adults are more comfortable having those conversations with so their needed. children is kind of the goal. Moving forward, it's very needed. And I think in this new world, new, excuse me, I don't like using that word, those words, um, in this new paradigm yeah. shift that we're going through, that's a good, that's um, a good way to put it. you know, like uh, I, because I'm, by the way, anybody listening, I'm talking about from the spiritual, like good better decision-making side of things where we're heading towards, not the stuff going on. Um, so uh, I think that these kind of open, honest conversations mm -hmm. in the future and, and people being responsible and accountable for themselves and then for their children yeah. and all these things. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're very aligned on those uh, topics as well. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> that'll so be on the next podcast as well. Yep. So um, amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, it was so much fun. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to round two. Um, and for everybody listening, uh, Melissa Leon, Two Cents Consulting, go to T-W-O-S-E-N-S-E.com, uh, consulting.com, Two Cents Consulting.com. You can also Google her and find her on LinkedIn. Reach out to her. Um, I'm probably going to be doing that here shortly <laughs> for some other things. I already did for for some personal assistant stuff, but she uh, she really knows what she's doing and she knows what she's talking about and she's becoming more and more efficient by the second. So um, please feel free to reach out to her, contact her. She's very approachable. Just uh, be kind of over time, but that's okay because she's got some pretty much big discernment in there. <laughs> so she'll let you know. Um, thank you, Melissa, for being on the show. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank yeah. you. And for everybody for constantly tuning in to Hustle Separately, I love and appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for my awesome guest, Melissa Leon, for myself, Matt Gottesman, for Hustle Sold Separately. We are out. Well, I could do that for a couple days. That was fun. Jen.